Let's pray. Lord, it's a gift this morning to be gathered with your people, to sing your praises together, and to be able to sit under the reading of your word, and to commune with you in Holy Eucharist together. So, Lord, thank you for this gift. We pray that you would meet us now as we consider your word, that we would leave here as transformed people, having encountered you, the living God. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. Paul writes in Philippians chapter 4, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. I almost titled this sermon this morning, Surviving 2020. Because this scripture speaks, I think, so perfectly and powerfully to our present moment in these extraordinarily anxious times. Anxious times is one of those phrases that we've heard so many times this year. And personally, I'm growing a little bit tired of, but it's true. These are anxious times. I actually Googled yesterday uh, some of these phrases that we're um, hearing so much of in 2020. And uh, I found an article that was just published by Dictionary.com listing the top ten phrases that we're all growing tired of hearing. Things like unprecedented times. I've never heard that word. It's unprecedented how many times we're hearing the word unprecedented this year. Unprecedented times, uncertain times, anxious times, social distance. So these are all words that we're hearing so much of, uh, but it's true that these are anxious times. And so this morning, because Paul addresses it here in Philippians chapter 4, we're going to talk about anxiety. Doesn't that sound like fun? Um, I do have a word of caution to give before we um, dig deep into a couple verses here in Philippians 4. And my word of caution is this, that anxiety is, this is a really significant thing. Um, It's something that we all experience to some degree or another. It's true that we live in an increasingly anxious age and we're an increasingly anxious people. So I want you to hear in me this morning a posture of empathy. This is something that all of us wrestle with, anxiety. And, and I believe that Scripture can speak into our lives this morning. And God, through His Word, has something to say to us. And we can be changed by meeting God in His Word. I also believe, though, that a 15-minute sermon may only begin to scratch the surface for some of you. Like I said, all of us, to a certain degree, experience anxiety to one degree or another. And so, for some of you, this may be a debilitating thing. Anxiety may be a huge deal in your life. And so if that's you, perhaps this morning is just just the start of a conversation and a chance for you, an invitation, an empathetic and kind invitation for you uh, to reach out for more help. Um, Personally, I would love to be able to talk more with you. I can point you towards other resources, um, whatever you need. Um, So with that word of caution out there, Let's begin to scratch the surface and see what Scripture has to teach us about anxiety. So we're going to dig really deeply into just a couple verses, so it'll help if you turn back in your bulletin uh, to Philippians chapter 4. So turn back there and let's see what Paul says in verse 6, Philippians 4, verse 6. Paul starts that verse by saying, Do not be anxious about anything. And we might think, really, Paul? 
really, St. Paul, you're telling us not to be anxious about anything? That seems like a bit of a stretch. You don't know, Paul, what it's like to be in 2020. Am I right? But I would, I would suggest maybe that, that Paul and the church at Philippi that he was writing this letter to, they knew something about anxiety. When Paul was writing this letter, in fact, he was experiencing house arrest in Rome, which to me sounds like a pretty anxious thing. Sicknesses and epidemics were a regular, a regular occurrence in Paul's day. War was always on the horizon, and many people lived in extreme, extreme poverty. So Paul and his original readers, they know something about anxiety. And Paul really does say here that we should strive to live a life free of anxiety. So how in the world do we go about doing that? Well, he goes on in verse 6 to give us an antidote, an antidote for anxiety. Listen to what he says. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Prayer, Paul says. Prayer is an antidote for anxiety. How? How? There are three things here in the second part of this verse that I want to point out that help us begin to see how prayer can serve as an antidote for anxiety in our lives. Three things. First, Paul says, in everything by prayer and supplication. Another translation says, in every situation by prayer and petition. Meaning, God invites you to bring to Him whatever is on your heart. Whatever you need, whatever you desire, what's weighing you down, what's bringing you anxiety. So this morning, what's, what's bringing you anxiety? What's weighing on your heart? What's keeping you distracted, that sort of nagging thing in the back of your mind? Peter writes in his first epistle, 1 Peter chapter 5, that we can cast all our anxieties on God. Cast all your anxieties on God. Prayer is a powerful antidote for anxiety because anxiety is often about control. Control. We feel anxious about a situation at work because we're out of control and we can't control the people or the situation that we're in. We feel anxious about our family, maybe a wayward child because we can't control other people. We feel anxious about a pandemic because it's so much out of our control. Control is an illusion that feeds our anxiety. And in prayer, we're letting go of control. We're acknowledging that we are not in control. We can't do this. We're powerless. We need help. Writer Chip Dodd says it this way. He says, anxiety misinforms us. It says for us to control where we need to let go. Prayer is our letting go. Admitting that we are powerless. Acceptance. I love how the serenity prayer says it. It starts by saying, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change because ultimately we're not in control. So Paul encourages us in every situation to bring our prayers and petitions to the Lord, acknowledging we're not in control. The second thing, at the end of this verse, this is something that may seem like it goes without saying, but I think it's important for us to meditate on. Paul says, let your requests be made known to God. Let your requests be made known to God. So we're not just releasing these prayers and supplications and petitions, releasing these anxieties kind of out into the wind, but we're expressing them, we're casting them upon God. In prayer, we acknowledge that we are powerless, 
but that God is powerful. In prayer, we acknowledge that we are not in control, but that God is in control. And we're casting our anxieties upon the one who is all-powerful, the Creator, Yahweh, the Lord. And not only is He all-powerful, but He's loving, and He loves you. He's your Heavenly Father. That verse that I've already mentioned, 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxieties on God. Peter goes on to write the second part of that verse is, because God cares for you. Because God cares for you. So let me ask you an important question. Do you live as though this is true? Do you live as though the Creator, the Lord, Yahweh, the most powerful being in the universe, loves you and is your Heavenly Father and invites you and so desires you to cast all your anxieties on Him? Do you live as though this is true? Do you live as though Psalm 23 that we read together this morning is true? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not wait, uh, shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, or even though I walk through a pandemic, or the loss of a job, or sickness, or the death of a loved one, I will fear no evil. Why? Because I'm in control? Because I got this? No, because you, Yahweh, the Lord, our Heavenly Father, you are with me. Jesus, he has a lot to say about anxiety too. Um, And I encourage you to go read Matthew chapter 6, where he talks about anxiety a lot. He says, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. And then he goes on to say, Look at the birds of the air. They neither reap or sow or gather into barns, and your heavenly Father feeds them. Look at the lilies of the field, how they grow, how they're beautiful. Yet they don't toil or spin, but God clothes them. How much more so will he feed you? How much more so will he clothe you, O you of little faith? Your heavenly Father loves you, and he's infinitely powerful. So we cast all our anxieties on God. And then thirdly, there's another little phrase in verse 6 that we may be tempted to just kind of breeze past. And it's these two simple but profound words, with thanksgiving. In everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Paul instructs us to present all of our prayers in every situation to God, but to always do so while giving thanks, while practicing gratitude. Prayer is an antidote for anxiety because it grounds us in gratitude. It grounds us in gratitude. Um, so right now, uh, I'm reading a, a book. I love reading um, nonfiction and fiction alike. And um, I'm reading a beautiful little book called Gilead by Marilyn Robinson. Uh, it's available. There's one copy, and I already mentioned this at one service, so it may not be there anymore, but in our, in our library, so you can, um, you can be reading it this afternoon. Gilead by Marilyn Robinson. It's the story of um, an aging father, pastor, who uh, is reflecting on his life in the late 1800s and early 1900s and writing to his son, just sharing stories of his family and his ministry. And one thing that I'm so struck by is, is this man, John Ames, this man's presence. He's so present in the moment. 
He lives so simply and so slowly. And he's always practicing gratitude, even in the midst of very trying circumstances. He's always practicing gratitude. And I'm convicted as I read this book because his life doesn't look much like mine often. And I find myself craving his sort of slow pace. And as I've been reflecting on that, I've realized that that gratitude is the pathway to get there because gratitude grounds us in the present moment. It's being present. It's being aware of all the things around me that I have to be grateful for. Anxiety is looking into the future at things that I can't control at all or looking back at the past at things that I can't change. But gratitude grounds us in the here and now. What all around us at this moment do we have to be grateful for? So Paul instructs us, seriously, not to be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving to make our requests known to God. So in making our prayers and supplications, we give up control, we let go. We acknowledge that we're not in control, and it's God, our Heavenly Father, who is in control. And we do all of this with thanksgiving, expressing gratitude to God. And then, what's the result of this? Look at, look at verse 7 with me. Paul writes, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The first word of verse 7, look at the first word with me. It's an important word, again, that we may be tempted to breathe by. first word of verse 7 is and, which in New Testament Greek is the word chi, which is an important word, and it's important here in this verse. So this word chi, or and, often just connects words in a sentence, like, like the way we think about the word and. So gold and frankincense and myrrh, or Simon and Peter, or... The word and, chi, can also mean and so, or as a result. Let me give you an example. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 15, in the Sermon on the Mount, listen to what Jesus says. He says, people don't light a lamp and put it under a basket, but they put it on a stand, and, and it gives light to all in the house. In other words... We put a light on a stand, and so as a result of that, it gives light to everyone in the house. Do you see? And so, as a result. So, Philippians chapter 4, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. As a result, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When you, when we learn to live in this prayerful sort of way, God's peace will flood your life. God's peace will guard your heart and your mind. God's peace will sustain you. It will protect you. God's peace, God, consider this, who is never anxious, who is fully in control and fully at peace, His peace, that peace, will guard your hearts and sustain you. Just consider how God is not surprised by anything that's happening in the world. It's not as if God is on the throne thinking, 2020, wow, I did not see this one coming. A pandemic, that, yeah, that's just too much for me to handle. Or these injustices that we see happening in America, that, that's a curveball, I, uh, I'm just going to have to tap out. No, no, that's not God's posture at all. 
God is, is perfectly at peace. And it's this peace that floods into our lives. And this creates in us this sort of like non-anxious presence in the world. This, this way of being that isn't, isn't filled with anxiety. It's not fretting because we know that God loves us. God's on the throne. He's got this. He's got us. If we were to embody this in 2020, just imagine what that would look like. If we were to be a non-anxious people in our everyday lives. Then what, what Peter says in 1 Peter 3 would be true of us. We would certainly have people coming to us saying, you have to tell me about this hope that you have. I'm so surprised as I watch you and how you go about your days in this non-anxious way. Please tell me more. And we would get to claim the good news that we have a God who loves us. And we see that clearly in Christ Jesus. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Imagine the sorts of people we would be if we embody this prayerful way of being. So with that heart in mind, I want to close this morning um, by praying a prayer that's attributed to St. Francis of Assisi. For me, it it describes the sort of people that I would love for us, Holy Cross, uh, to be in the world. So let's close in prayer. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there's hatred, let me sow love. Where there's injury, pardon. Where there's discord, union. Where there's error, truth. Where there's doubt, faith. Where there's despair, hope. Where there's darkness, light. Where there's sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may seek not so much to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love, For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Lord, make us instruments of your peace. Amen.